Welcome. I'm Anna Ginger, your host of The Anna Ginger Show. I'm an international adoptee with biological roots in Korea and adopted roots in the United States. This show illuminates the theme of adoption in our lives. In some ways, we are all adopted into or out of homes, cultures, communities, and relationships as we grow and evolve. These experiences create who we are and who we are yet to be. And my hope is that by engaging in these conversations, that we feel welcomed home in this world, cradled in the belief that we belong, that we are worthy, and that we are loved. So stay tuned, and you may discover your own adoption story. Now, I have often referred to this show as my passion project. And what does it mean to have a passion project? Well, I love how Hannah Donato defines a passion project as an activity done for creativity and curiosity. Being curious? Well, that's an easy one for me. In fact, when someone asked me for my pearls of wisdom after I turned 50, yep, the big five zero, I said to stay curious and embrace uncertainty. And I'm old enough to remember the National Enquirer slogan, inquiring minds want to know, expressing the nature of a curious mind requires it to learn and know as much as possible. And for those of you who remember the National Enquirer is a trashy magazine and was one of my guilty pleasures reading that in the grocery store line. But that is another story. Now, I want you to learn and know as much as possible about the stories, issues, and questions connected to to adoption and foster care experiences and connecting these to people and organizations that you might not think are connected to adoptees and foster care recipients. So stay tuned for more on that one, of course. Now, creativity. Well, that has been a really tough one for me over the years. I've always been uncomfortable claiming that I have any artistic talent, especially because I have been told that I should not sing, dance, or paint because people around me have told me that I'm not good enough and that I'm terrible at these things. And those of you that have heard me sing, yeah, it's probably true. No one's going to invite me to become a contestant on American Idol. And definitely Simon Cowell say, you're pitchy, girl, you're pitchy, whatever. But because people around me have told me that I'm not good at any of these things, and even though engaging in these activities gives me great joy, I often will cave into the insecurities and remain silent while others sing, stay still while others dance, and choose not to pick up a paintbrush. Now, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we censor ourselves, place limits on ourselves that prevent us from being curious, creative, and connected. Oh, well, today's guest is Patty Mitchell, Passionworks Studios Executive Director and Founder. Passionworks Studio is a place where no voice, no resource, and no region are abandoned as the studio fosters purpose, connection, and belonging. So welcome, Patty. Mm, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm very happy to hear. So first, what, will you tell our listeners about yourself and a little bit more about the Passionworks Studio? Sure. Um, I live here in Athens, Ohio, and I've been I've been so lucky to make a career um, through the arts and being an artist in residence and uh, making things within community. And Passionworks Studio is a collaborative community studio where artists with and without developmental differences and our community come together in the collaborative spirit to make artwork and discover what brings us joy and and to share it and and to build the community in which we want to live. 
I love that so much. Now, I was Patty raised to affirm the inherent worth and dignity of all people and to stand up for justice and compassion. In fact, when uh, we were misbehaving, my mom would take us to the Catholic social worker house and volunteer as a way for us to know that if we were feeling sorry for ourselves, that the way to make a difference and to stop feeling for yourself was to volunteer. And I do love that. Thank you, Mom. And I do hope to do this with this show and have been introduced to new points of view like the one I read authored by a woman named Angela Barra. And she states this, as an, ado- as an adopted adult, I exist in a world that is seemingly oblivious to the marginalization and discrimination we experience as adoptees. We are invisible. This disenfranchised grief is not publicly validated, sanctioned, recognized, or acknowledged. It's the kind of grief that makes you feel invisible, which only serves to perpetuate further marginalization, the trauma of invisibility. And so, Patty, can you tell me how you feel that individuals with and without developmental differences may experience the trauma of invisibility? Well, you know, that is such an interesting point of view to imagine that you were born into a body or had an experience that created the reality for you to be seen as different as other. And traditionally, a lot of people who are seen as other, as different, are in situations that are out of sight and out of mind within community. So institutionalization, um, work environments that are segregated and typically outside of the mainstream of community. And and so when you start to walk around and you don't see people of differences, you don't think they ex- <laughs> you know, and it's not part of the fabric. It's it's exclusion. And there is and we we all felt it during the pandemic how what it felt like to be isolated. Imagine being socially isolated due to your reality, due to who you are as a human, because there's a social construct to keep you away that is made up and delivered with such impunity. It's like, oh, it makes me crazy. (laughs) So there is pain of not having connection and purpose and belonging within the community that you deserve to be part of. And that is a huge function of our being as a studio, to be at the center of things and to be seen. We are not shy in our boldness, I have to say. I love that. And so when you talk about not being not being shy and the boldness of being visible, I remember just recently there was a parade mm. Um, and uh, the down, or uh, I'm I'm new, so not downtown, uptown Athens. And so, can you tell us a little bit about the parade and what did that mean to you and and uh, your artist? Well, here in Athens, Ohio, we um, for, since 1972 have had this major Halloween party on our beautiful Court Street, our one street, main street in town, and um, it was a taking over of that street and. There have been – it's been a very push-pull with this event that won't go away even though people have tried to have it go away. And we said, what if we loved it into its next generation? Like what if we loved it into something that we were proud of and we celebrated? And so – 
as artists, what I've discovered is that a lot of artists are looking and can see what doesn't exist yet, right? And and that is a superpower. So mm. we imagine giant puppets and costumes and all these beautiful things. And we pitched it to the university and and we found support to have a month-long community making experience where we built and learned how to make giant puppets and costumes out of upcycled materials. And so we are the parade that kicks off the Halloween block party. And since this was our 10th year of doing that parade, when you see on the side of Court Street, you'll see children, older folks, community members where you would not have seen them at all at Halloween. People are gone. And, And now they've been called back. And if you look at the cover of the Athens Visitor's Guide, there are puppets in the Halloween parade. So so now Athens is claiming Halloween as one of its visual manifestations of the spirit of this place. And I am so thrilled <laughs> with what you can do with intention of mm. of building something and building the community in which you want to live. Oh, and speaking of building with intention, so I think we need to take a couple steps back for those that are not um, part of the Athens community and outside of that. So tell us a little bit about your artist and why you decided to found uh, Passion Works. I uh, work with, we have 42 colleagues where we collaborate together, and um, we have artists of all different abilities differences, different challenges, um, and that really just melts away because we're all focused on making together. Passionworks is artist-built, imagined, maintained, um, and we are uptown Athens in the old Greyhound bus station, and it is it is like Dorothy walking into Munchkin Land. <laughs> I mean, it's just like bright colors and just wild artwork all around. The floors are painted, the walls, there's art, there's puppets, everything. And um, and I, I wanted to fa- found this because I had a brother who was institutionalized. And I imagined where he was. And it was a way. And I became obsessed with that concept. And so as I was growing up, I, my obsession led me to visit institutional spaces. And there was this pattern of lack of stimulation, lack of beauty, lack of joy, just this kind of clinical, I don't know, repetition. And in my brain, I was like, why does it have to look and feel like this? Does it have to look and feel like this? What if, what if these were places that are just filled with people with so much time, right? that we could build beautiful creative spaces. And um, when I came to school here in Athens to attend Ohio University, I fell in love with the town. And uh, my sophomore year, I was invited to live at the Ridges, which was the Athens Mental Health Center, as a resident volunteer. So my training was to live within an institution for a year. And I saw and felt and experienced a culture of control, a culture of maintenance, of sameness for the most diverse group of people I had ever come across. And so while that was happening, I was with other students who were living on on campus up there on Ward and putting on plays, 
drawing, painting, having dances. And it was a totally different energy. And people were coming to life. And I was like, this is transferable. Mm -hmm. What if? What if? And that is the most powerful question, I think. And when deinstitutionalization happened, we then took this idea, took this idea in my head and went to a sheltered workshop that served folks with developmental differences. And we set up a studio in the back of this organization. And I fell in love. And the people who were there were <laughs> so dedicated to making and into it. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. And um, and it's grown into passion works and it's grown into studying what we've discovered and sharing it with other communities so people can come to PassionWorks and see, and then we will go and travel and help uh, organizations and communities start up like programming in where they live. I love that. Well, you know, I think about that what if when I um, talk to those that are in foster care or those that have been in orphanages as well, mm -hmm. those kind of institutions that create um, sameness mm. when there are individual stories and trauma. And we talked about invisibility, about really helping people find their creative selves and their best selves. And that's what it sounds like you do. When I moved here, I did not, um, was not familiar with Ath Athens or Passionwork Studio, but I worked as executive director of Able Up Iowa, which is an organization that serves individuals with disabilities to empower them to achieve and maintain financial independence. I didn't want to take that job, um, but I knew that I needed a job because my dad was telling me after I moved to um, Iowa, my hometown, um, after living in England, he's like, it's time for you to get a job. And I was like, all right, I better get a job. But also, I didn't think I should accept this job because I didn't have any, I didn't think I had any direct experience with disability, uh, but I did understand very well discrimination and poverty. So mm -hmm. I took the job, and what I learned from serving this really amazing organization is that I was guided by the principles of asset-based community development that starts with the strengths and contributions of community members, or better said by Daryl Answer, people coming together to celebrate what they have and what they can do together. And that's definitely what Passion, Passion Work Studios does. And you do this, um, and you, I want you to tell us more about how you and your team values the capacity, skills, knowledge, connections, and potential in a community. And we talked about that a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit, I'm gonna, and then I'll be quiet for a second. Because when I said um, I didn't think I should take the job because disability didn't impact me, we started a radio show back in, in Iowa to talk about disability. And my co-host said that she didn't believe that she had any connection to disability. But when we learned uh, doing that show is that we all are connected to disability, that we all have disabilities, that we all have developmental differences and gifts and talented talents. And so I'd like for you to talk a little bit about um, how you feel PassionWorks does this that really leverages the strengths and con contributions. Well, you know, we are an asset-based organization, um, and that that has occurred naturally because we are an organization designed and built by artists. So artists work with what they can do, they have, right? I, you know, I, if I sat around and just, oh, if I only had this, then I could make my art, then I would never make anything, right? So I'm always looking for what works and what people love to do and then build on that. And when you're working with people who are, you know, they are in care because of a physical or mental challenge. 
a lot of the only attention that comes to them is directed towards their what is the challenge within their body or their spirit or their mind, right? So it's all therapy. It's all this. It's all that. It's behavior plans talking about your negative behavior, not about the source of the behavior, but like, you know, so that's not interesting to me. It's, and I, if, I don't want people talking about how I can't spell and my math skills stink. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk about that all the time, but I do want to talk about sewing and building and color and like ideas and, and that's exciting, right? So, we naturally grow into an asset-based approach because we're building and making constantly. And when people are around talking and discovering and in- inviting new experiences, they're discovering what fabulous assets they have. And then we do more of that and we bring more attention and opportunity to what people love to do. And I tell you, we are so highly productive. Like, I can't, I, I'm keeping up, but just barely, because we produce so much and so much beautiful, beautiful things. And it's the same group of people who, if you were asked, which people across the country and the world, you know, if, if they're asked to build a widget and to cap a pen as their job and they have cerebral palsy, that is a really challenging, hard job. And what are the benefits of that? You know, is it with no other step beyond that pen, that job, that that sheltered workshop experience? So because there's hope and discovery and partnership, we are just so full of energy and the day flies and people are so happy. Mm. Um yeah, they are. I'm happy just going into Passionwork Studio. Uh, I got to tell you, I went in because I wanted to get a birthday gift, and also it was my husband's birthday. So I brought in a birthday card and just asked the community to sign it. Mm. There was such a joy in creating just signatures on a birthday card that I just found that joy and that love and celebration of um, of art uh, just a joy to be part of. And if you are just joining us, speaking of joy, you're listening to The Anna Ginger Show, and my guest is Patty Mitchell, Executive Director and Founder of Passionwork Studio. Now, I love your homepage that declares, the only thing more magnificent than the art you'll enjoy from Passionworks is the story of the artist and how it all comes to be. Every piece of Passionworks art is infused with the hope and joy of the artist with and without developmental differences. And we're going to talk more about this joy. And one of the things that brings me joy is Dean Matthew Sheftel, who's here at The Ohio University, talks about these creative collisions. And so what I love about that is thinking about how do we think about bringing in poetry or music to our conversations or a written piece. And so... When I think about Joy, I think about the next guest who's going to read something that she wrote for you, Patty, Mm. as a surprise. And I want to say, when we talk about these creative collisions and interactions, I love these connections of community where you could just be at a pub and find somebody and make an introduction. And so I'm going to let the person introduce herself, and I think you'll know who she is, and Mm -hmm. she's going to read a piece that she wrote for you. So welcome, mystery guest. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Anna, I appreciate it. I'm Sarah Schneider, and I'm thrilled and pleased and honored to share some personal thoughts on the gifts that 
Patty brings to my life mm. and to others. So I'm, I'm thrilled to take a minute to reflect on that and share some thoughts with you and with my friends. So aside from all of her professional accomplishments, I've told you she's a dear friend. And the chapters that we've written since being students together in the 80s continue today, unexpectedly. And thankfully, a, a recent move to Athens has created the opportunity for our adventures to continue and to grow. So I'm, I'm tremendously grateful for Patty's friendship, her laughter and her perspective, and more than anything else, the joy that she infuses in my life. For Sarah. me, it's the attribute that really differentiates Patty. It sets her apart. It's like her secret sauce uh, for me. And this isn't like a momentary wave of happiness that I'm trying to articulate here for you and your guests and for her. This is a mindset of intentionality that acts as the foundation and the approach that we all can learn from and really lean into. And so I'll share a couple of things with you that really it's living through that real and genuine joy that's the personal choice that Patty makes every day, and it's contagious. Her presence and approach are simply invigorating, and they're a fuel for living life to the fullest. She actively seeks to find joy in the ordinary, from buttons that become eyeballs to foam that creates form for functional puppets and more. It's the things that we overlook, yet Patty finds joy. She accepts the things she can't control and focuses on what she can, and it's magic. Her genuine um, genius spans a spectrum, creating practical opportunities and unexpected and unanticipated adventures, all with joy at the focus and at the core. She creates moments to look forward to. Business in her work has a place for sure, but so does a good competitive game of pickleball and an afternoon thrifting, an evening camping, a good meal, a gathering of friends. She finds balance and mixes it up. So there's always moments and joy on the horizon. She doesn't concern herself with gossip. Always one to say positive. She finds joy in everyone and she celebrates it. She gives to others what they want and they need. She's a walking, talking example of the golden rule. And she puts out into the universe what she wants back. Her life is literally the fast track of joy from start to finish. And more than anything else, she just never stops chasing it. You need to be intentional about finding joy. And Patty is that. So she chooses it. She possesses it. And she thrives on it. Thank you, Patty, for your friendship and your passion and the example and joy that you bring to my life and to so many others. Aww. Sarah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know we're having dinner in an hour. I know, but that's a lot. I know that's a lot, but it's true. <laughs> well, Saucy, I want to thank you so much for introducing me to Patty just that introduction that creates connection and community. And so what I learned both from you and Patty um, during that brief encounter that led to this interview today is that you were friends and then you shared a boyfriend. You didn't share a boyfriend, but that you both, that's a 
That's a saucy story. That's another time. But what it sounds to me when it comes to adoption, that both of you have adopted each other as really good friends and people that collaborate together to be able to make this world a better place that brings, cultivates joy in this world and being curious and being creative and being um, and building connection and community. So I thank both of you so much for being part of our community. So Patty, give you a little bit of time to like breathe in uh, what uh, Sarah had to say. Um, what would you like to respond to what Sarah created for you? <laughs> Oh, no pressure. My God, Anna. (laughs) Well, she's going to owe you dinner, right? Dinner is on her. Or at least a drink. Well, you know, I mean, that is one of the things about Athens is that we've been able to, like, be here and have time to, like, make really strong friendships in this beautiful space that is our town. And um, the vortex, as we call it, because everybody comes back at some point or wants to, a lot of us do. And um, and it's just so great to have a playmate when you're this, you know, in your 50s, and you can still, like, pal around and, like, just goof and be, um, you know, connected. So I appreciate our friendship so much, Sarah. And I, I'm a little verklempt. So, um, surprise! <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it. So in these last couple minutes, I'm going to start with you, Saucy Sarah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, what would you do or advise our listeners to do to create a world where everyone can feel that they belong, that they matter, that they are loved, that they are not invisible? Oh, my goodness. You know, find a, find a place where you can express yourself in new and different ways. And um, you started this conversation, and about your curiosity and about pushing yourself and, um, you know, extending yourself beyond boundaries that maybe are most comfortable for you. So doing that with intentionality and meaning and purpose and finding a place that you can do that without being judged or um or evaluated and, you know, finding that space where you can kind of just live your life to the fullest and explore those opportunities to dance and sing and maybe surround yourself with others that maybe you haven't been surrounded with before. Um, Those are the opportunities that are going to be the most meaningful and push yourself to experience that. I love that. And how about for you, Patty? I, you know, I if you can't find a place, make one, right? Like, like just in, invite people. Like, don't wait to be invited to the movies. Invite somebody to the movies. Like, be the one to take the risk. Be the one to, you know, take the chance. Just take a chance, and if, and you, you just see what can happen. I, I think that um, creating invitation for others to be in your world is a lovely thing to do, and you never know what kind of effect you're going to have on somebody else by extending yourself. Yes, I love that. Uh, Well, a heartfelt thanks to Patty Mitchell for sharing your story with us and for the show's surprise invitee, Saucy Sarah Schneider, for selecting and reading um, a piece that she wrote for our guest and theme today. So thank you to Adam Rich with WOB for engineering and editing today's uh, program. Our subject matter expert is Dr. Melissa Rizzo. Our storytelling producer and engineer is Zoe Lambert. Our creative and editing team includes Maddie, Maya, Alexa, Linnea, and Mark. 
Our music producer is Nick Kazernas, who has been writing genre-twisting songs for over 30 years, including this show's theme song, Way to Me. And I am your host, Anna Ginja, signing off with a reminder that the key to unlocking all things good in this world is love, and here you are loved and you are home. Always a friend and fan, this is Anna Ginja wishing you days filled with love, laughter, and peace.